Okay, welcome to another Jesus Rant, Pastor Tom Carter, Word Without Walls Ministry. This is Season 2, Episode 22, Fiery Furnace. And the reason that I want to talk about the Fiery Furnace today is because, basically, as simply as I can put it, life happens. We go through things. And I've, for a long time, believed that we go through things, generally speaking, for one of two or both reasons. We either go through something to learn and grow, or we go through things to be able to then help others as they go through those same things. Because we all go through the same kind of things in this life. Uh, You know, we're all humans. We're all in the human condition. We're all living this life. And I think in large measure, we're all just really trying to get from the start of the day to the end of the day. We're really just trying to, you know, make our way in the world or, or, or find our way in the world. And the, a, a question that I kind of hear a lot, you know, is, well, why does God let bad things happen to good people? And my usual go-to, my, my quick off-the-cuff answer for that is, you know, where the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust alike. You know, again, life happens. It's not necessarily God directing things towards you, or uh, sometimes it's not God necessarily preventing things from getting to you, although I do think he does that. Uh, I think that there's a lot of things that happen to us or don't happen to us that we don't even realize or recognize or necessarily know about. I think God has a, a, a strong hedge of protection around us a lot of the time. Um, but for the most part, when God, again, this is my opinion. These are my thoughts. If you don't like them, you know, get some of your own. But I, I, I'm of the opinion that when God created the heaven and the earth, when he created this universe, when he created this world, when he created this dimension that we live in, he put certain rules, uh, natural rules in place, you know, like, like how a seed can only produce after its own kind and things of that nature. And then, uh, a lot of what happens is in our lives is the choices that we make and the responses to the things that happen. And I once heard somebody say, I think it was my uncle. He once said, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. And I really liked that a lot because a lot of times you can either let something, listen, let me say it like this. In your life, you can take things basically in one of two ways. It's either a lesson or a blessing. And if you take the lesson from it, then it can be both. The, The lesson can be a blessing. But, uh, again, what I'm trying to say is I want to talk about the fiery furnace because I want to talk about what we should do when life happens, when, when we get into these, you know, trials and tribulations, when, when, when we have to go through hardships or when things don't seem to go our way. So I actually want to read the whole chapter in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter three, and then uh, tie it together with a couple memory verses afterwards. So, uh, you know, as always in the sake of time with my, uh, hit and run, uh, business model here, I guess you would say, 
where I try to give you something to chew on, but not to choke on. Uh, I'm going to quit wandering around and I'm going to get, get into the word. So Daniel chapter three, and I'm going to start with verse one and the heading in the new living translation Bible says Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue, starting with verse one, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and nine feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. And to me, this is kind of ironic because this is uh, this is how traditional religion kind of presents God to us. Kind of a, a do what he says or else kind of a deal. Kind of a, you know, be good or, or you'll be thrown into the furnace of hell and you'll be thrown into the eternal lake of fire. Which when you actually read the Bible, if you read the book of Revelation, you will see that uh, death and hell are thrown into the lake of fire. So logically, hell cannot be the lake of fire. Death and hell were not thrown into it itself. Um, and, and we're going to touch on that again later. Uh, but I'll just give you a spoiler alert right here. Uh, in the Bible, God is the fire. God is the one who sends fire down. Uh, there was a prophet, and I think it was Elijah, who one of the miracles that he did was uh, he was going to offer up a sacrifice to God. And he wanted to prove that it was supernatural. He wanted to prove that his God was the living God, that his God was the real God. So he he soaked the uh, the animal, the dead animal that he was going to, to sacrifice with water. And he drenched it with water and, and he, he soaked the surrounding area with water. And then he prayed to God and God, you know, sent fire down and consumed even, even the wet, even the water. The fire lapped up the water that he had spread around the sacrifice. So in, in the Bible, the fire is God, okay? The fire is not a bad thing. The fire is not, it, it's not to hurt us, but it's to, to purify us. It's to burn away the things that we don't need, the things that maybe we're holding on to that we need to let go of, or the things that we believe about ourselves that are not true about ourselves. And that fire comes and it burns away everything except the truth. Remember when we talked about uh, Moses and he saw the uh, the burning bush, the bush that burned but did not consume. It was not consumed. The the God is the consuming fire, and He consumes everything except Himself. And when that fire burns, and when you're totally consumed by that fire, there's nothing left but that fire, but that love and that light and that life that is Jesus. So again, it's ironic to me that what we see here is kind of a traditional religion's view of God, but it's it's not God. It's it's what uh, the the enemy was doing. So verse seven goes on to say, so at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, 
bowed to the ground and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king! You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. And that was very, as we're going to see, that was very risky because this was not a time or a place where, uh, you know, freedom of religion was protected. And I'm not going to get into uh, personal freedoms right now. I don't think this is necessarily the time or the place for it. But I am going to say that this was, these three Hebrew boys were taking a huge, huge, massive stand uh, to, to, to defy the king's decree and, and realistically to say, well, we're going to trust God and we're going to do what he says uh, over what any man says. So here's what happened in verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. They were brought in. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse <coughs> excuse me, that you refuse to serve my gods and to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what god will be able to rescue you from my power? So the power struggle here is, you know, God against man, in a sense. A man who saw himself as more powerful than God. A man who saw himself as a God, which, listen, I rant and preach and, and talk a lot about our true identity being Jesus. This is not that. He was not identifying himself with God. He was setting himself up as another God, uh, in a sense, in his opinion, a stronger God, a God who uh, had to be obeyed no matter what at the penalty of death, which, again, is so ironic to me because that seems to be what we think God really is all about. Do what I say or I'll throw you in, 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 into the fire. But that's not what our God's about. We're going to see what our God's about here, here in a minute. So verse 16 goes on to say, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. That's strong, man. That's that's a statement of faith. That's a and and not even I don't know, like not even what we necessarily think of as faith. Like we think 
well, they have faith in that God will save them. But it's even beyond that because they're like, you know what? Even if he chooses not to save us, we're still going to believe in him. We're still going to trust him. We're still going to serve him. And we're not going to do what you tell us to do, no matter what happens to us. Even to the point of death, literally to the, to the point of death, we're not going to do what you say if it goes against God. That is such a strong statement to me. That is such a strong, uh, almost a whole nother level of faith. Because like, if you think, well, you know, God's going to save me, so I don't have to do it. That's a strong statement of faith. But to me, it's almost another level to say, whether or not God saves me, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do what he says, and I'm not worried about the consequences one way or the other. If I die in that fiery furnace, I know that I still have eternal life in Jesus Christ. I'm this, this is not the end of my story. I'm simply going to stand on the word of God, no matter what happens. You know, if he saves me, if he doesn't save me, either way, whatever. I'm not worried about it. I'm not doing this in order to get something from God. I'm doing this because I love God and he loves me. So then it goes on to uh, verse 19. And it says, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. And it's interesting to me that, you know, he, he heated it seven times hotter. Seven in the Bible is the number of perfection, the perfect fire, Jesus. It's all type and shadow of Jesus. It's all Jesus everywhere you look in the Bible. It says, so they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look! Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of God. And uh, in this verse, in verse 25 of Daniel chapter 3, I believe it's in the King James Version, it, it even says, and the fourth looks like the son of God, which to me is a better translation because it, it most assuredly was the son of God. It was Jesus right there with, with those, those men who had proclaimed their faith. Uh, you know, it was Jesus who swore he would never leave us nor forsake us. It was Jesus who said, wherever two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. And the the, the reason I like the other translation of it better is like, how, how, would, how would Nebuchadnezzar know what the Son of God looks like? You know what I mean? That had to come from, from God. That had to be a revelation or uh, a quickening or an awakening or uh, in, in his spirit for him to be able to see uh, what he was really seeing. But I also want to hit on the point that he says, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. The fire did not hurt them. The fire burned away the ties that bound them. That's what we need to get from the fire. That's what we need to get from uh, the simple fact that in this life we go through things. Sometimes you go through things in order 
to lose things or to shed things. The book of Hebrews talks about laying aside the weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. It doesn't talk about fighting it. It doesn't talk about overcoming it. It talks about just simply laying it aside. Just listen, when you know the truth, you can ignore the lie. You don't have to uh, defeat the lie. You don't have to give any time or, or, or attention or, or effort to the lie at all. Uh, I don't know why this is, but I think part of human nature is to almost kind of be a little bit ornery a lot of the time. People always want to fight something. People always want to have a bad guy. People always want to have, you know, uh, uh, a boogeyman to rally against, whether it be sin or, uh, or unfortunately, uh, sinners. You know, the, the church world is always uh, trying to get the sin out of the camp. It's always targeting sinners. It's always telling us how bad we are and how, how we need to change our ways and uh, uh, turn over a new leaf and get the sin out of the camp and, and, and stop that sin in or, or you're going to go to hell. That's such a bad theology to me. I mean, I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. I don't see a cosmic elevator where, where good boys go up to heaven and bad boys go down to hell. That's not what this is. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, I believe it was David wrote in the Psalms. If I make my bed in hell, you are there with me. And again, if we're talking about the fiery furnace, we're not talking about hell. We're talking about God. God is the fire. God is the one who purifies us. God is the one who burns the the the, the bonds off of us. Um, he's the one that will fix problems that we create for ourselves. It's like way back in you know in, in Eve's misty garden, when uh, when Adam and Eve ate from or Eden's Misty Garden, I'm sorry, when Adam and Eve ate from the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil and they discovered that they were naked and then they were ashamed of their nakedness, God never had a problem with their nakedness. They were naked the day before that and God didn't care. But because man cared about that nakedness, because man was ashamed and tried to cover himself with fig leaves, God got involved and he fixed the problem that he didn't have. He fixed a problem that we had by covering us with animal skins or with lamb skin. He covered us with himself. So God will, you know, God will step in and he will, when, when, <laughs> I think especially when we invite him in, when we say, do what you're going to do, because God's got my back. God, I think, I think God likes that. And he says, yeah, I do. I got your back. Watch this. So verse 25 again, it says, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. The fire is not here to harm us. The fire is here to purify us. The fire is here to get rid of everything that we don't need on us or around us or in us. So he said, and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. The same fire that had killed the soldiers that threw them into the fire has no effect on them whatsoever except to burn away their bonds. That's amazing to me. It says, Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. They literally came out of there smelling like roses. Like, they, they stood firm. They knew what they were about. They knew who had their back. They weren't worried about what was going to happen to them because of their faith and their personal convictions and their beliefs. 
And even though the worst thing that the king could think of to do to them was done to them, it had no effect on them whatsoever. I'm telling you, when you know the truth, you can just ignore the lie. It doesn't mean anything to you. It doesn't have to bother you. It doesn't have to get you all riled up. It doesn't have to give you something to fight against. You can just simply ignore it and just continue on, you know, with your life. So verse 28 goes on to say, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than to serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other god who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. They came out of it not only smelling like roses, but they came out of it even better than they went into it. And they were uh, promoted to even better positions than they started with. Not because they capitulated, not because they conformed to the world, but because they were transformed by the renewing of their mind. Because they, they stood on the rock. They stood on the word of God. They stood on what they knew to be true. And, and, and again, they said, you know, consequences be damned. Whatever Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I think so many times we worry so much about making things happen that we forget to be still and know that he is God. To me, that's what these Hebrew boys were doing. They were just being still and knowing that he was God and it was in his hands and it was under his control and what was going to be was going to be. And either way, no matter what happened, they were going to be fine one way or the other. Either they would you know, be saved from the fire or they would be with God through the flames in a sense. So let me read a couple more memory verses to wrap this up today. And I want to read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29 in the King James Version, which puts it out there uh, very strongly and succinctly and simply. It says, for our God is a consuming fire. God is the fire. We don't need to be afraid of hellfire. We have the fire of God uh, warming us and consuming us and purifying us and lighting our way. And that's really quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24, also in the King James, that reads, For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. And I think you can see a little bit of that in this story in Daniel, where, where God was raising his name above the name of anybody else. Nebuchadnezzar tried to, to raise his name above God's name, but God wasn't having that. Uh, and in the story that, that I kind of, you know, told about the, the animal sacrifice, there were priests from all the, the kind of pagan nations around the people of Israel at the time who were trying to uh, do the same miracle. Maybe I'll do a rant about this too, but uh, they were even going so far as to like cutting themselves and, uh, and wailing and crying and, and, and doing anything they could to try to make their gods uh, do the same thing that they wanted. I think it was Elijah. Elijah's got to do and they had no success and then Elijah went totally the other way and he made it as hard as possible for God to prove himself and, and God very easily did so God is never afraid to show his power God is never afraid to back you up God is never afraid to uh, exalt his own name through the faith of his believers so let me read I'm going to read a couple of verses in the book of first Peter and then we'll close it up for for today first I want to read first Peter chapter 1, verse 7. And it says, 
These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Again, that's the point of the fire. The fire is not to hurt us. The fire is not to burn us. The fire is not to singe us. The fire is to purify us. We are the gold. And and he's going to go on in just a second and say even more, more than that. But we are the gold that is being tested and purified and strengthened through, through this, this, through these trials, through this fire. So it says, I'll start at the beginning again. It says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And guess what? If you're going through a trial and you're standing strong and firm on the rock that is Jesus, you're going to reveal Jesus to some people in your world. You guys know I always talk about how we're not called to be, you know, world changers. We're not called to be history makers. We're not called to uh, to necessarily uh, do big, great, gigantic things. But it's the small things that matter. Because if you love somebody, you may not change the world, but I guarantee you, you will change their world. If you love somebody, you will be revealing Jesus Christ to that person. And on a uh, on a personal level, I think that's where it means the most. I think that's why it's I think that's why Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Like the people that we're connected to most heavily are the people that we can affect the most, and and we ought to affect them by by loving them, by showing them who Jesus is, by sharing the gospel of Christ, which is, you know, the ultimate truth of the universe that God is love and he loves you, that the father loveth the son and has given all things into his hands. That's why it's so important when we're going through these trials to stand tall and to stand firm. Don't complain all the time, you know, cast your cares on God because he cares for you. Yes, absolutely. Pray about everything. Pray without ceasing. Those are things that I firmly believe in. But if you're always a complainer, people get so sick of that. Like you're not showing anything good to anybody by complaining all the time. If I recently heard somebody say, it's not our job to create solutions. That's our job to demand solutions. And that like that, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, really? That's where we are today as a society. We're demanding solutions from other people instead of trying to create solutions that's that's nuts to me that doesn't make any sense be the change you want to see in the world like stop expecting other people to be what they're not let people be what they are and who they are and love them and when you love them you will be able to uh, i think jesus said it in another place you will be able to heap fiery coals upon their head but that's not to burn them down or to singe them or to harm them that's to melt their hearts It's like Abraham Lincoln said, I destroy my enemies by making them my friends. And if we can get to the place where we understand that we don't have enemies, we just have, you know, friends who don't know it yet. And that doesn't mean that you should be okay with with anything, everything. You know, there are things that you should not be okay with. There are lines you should draw and boundaries that you should set up. Healthy boundaries are healthy. But I'm saying if we're always fighting with people, if we're always complaining, if we're always negative, if we're always you know, demanding solutions without creating any solutions. You're not doing anything for anybody. You're not 
you know, showing God in, in, in the true, correct light that he is. God loves no matter what. So we ought to love no matter what. That's the new commandment for the new man, right? Love one another as he has loved you. All right, I'm going to close this out. First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. And it reads, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to the world. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. When things don't look like they're going the way you want them to, change what you can change, accept what you can't, stand firm, stand tall, understand the reason that you go through things. You go through things either to learn and grow and or to help others when they go through those same things. It's a lesson or a blessing. We can always find the silver lining of every cloud. We can always be the change that we want to see. We can always love no matter what is happening in our lives. Things are going to happen. We're going to go through fiery trials. Don't be surprised. That's life. Life happens every day. Sometimes the hardest part of life is just living. So instead of fighting it, instead of complaining about it, embrace it. Not everything's always going to be the way you want it to be. And that's okay. You got to take the good, you take the bad, you know, and then you look at what you have. So you make the best of it. You, 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 you love no matter what. When you start to love others, you will start to love life and things won't be so hard all the time. You won't see things so negatively all the time because the fire will be hot and the light will be shining and you'll see things correctly. And the things that need to be burned away will be burned away. All right, that's what I have for today. I hope it's practical. I hope it's helpful, you know, on a daily basis. And thank you guys, as always. Uh, we'll see you again next week. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrant.com. You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get the my books that I've written on there. They're also on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. Um, I've written a lot of books. I'm pretty proud of them. You can order them. I try to keep them cheap because I don't like to pay a lot of money for books and I don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine. So check that out. Um, if you want to support the podcast itself, you can find it on anchor.fm. If you just search for Jesus Rant, um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it. And you can, you can support it, excuse me, by word of mouth, by telling people about it, uh, helping other people listen, find it and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it, to, uh, to help me to get the word out, which, you know, as we know by now is, is my heart, is just getting this word out, Word Without Walls Ministry. Um, so just thank you for your support. I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Amen.